Hello, hello, and hello, everybody! Welcome back for another episode. If not now, when? Today, oh my goodness, I'm so excited! We get a chance to meet Martin Martinez, the one and the only today in our show. Wow! And if you don't know Martin, you really should. Martin today he is entrepreneur in residence for Founder Institute, the world's most proven network. To turn idea into startup, turn startup into global business. Since 2009, and have helped 5,500 companies across the world, six continents. Wow, what an impact! Today, he's also the host and producer for online show Global Startup Report and Founder Showcase Series. As a serious entrepreneur, Martin found and exited three businesses. Produce a high-profile event across the country in multiple industries, and today Martin is really passionate about supporting founders as advisor, as well as serving on advisory board for many entrepreneurship program, as well as the world-leading festival and conference such as South by Southwest. With that, everybody, I am so beyond excited, and thank you so much, Martin, for joining us, and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Wen. You're making you give me a, such a warm welcome. I'm just happy to be here. You make me blush. <laughs> I just who you are, and really, we yeah. are just super honored. So, Martin, tell us, you have come a long way. How does your journey begin?、Mm, well, that's a good question. It's a good way to start things, I suppose, right?、Um, so, I guess. I, I like to call myself a serial entrepreneur. I didn't really know what that word meant when I was younger, but I guess that's what I was doing back then.、Uh, I had a small、uh, business in high school. I was doing like, landscaping and pool cleaning in the summers,、uh, and working with my dad. He, I didn't, even, I couldn't even drive a car yet. He was driving me around to, to job sites,、um, but that was kind of my first taste、uh, of you know trying to start a business and. Make、wow. earning money, earning your own things. In college,、uh, I went to the University of Texas, and this was around the same time. It was it was the exact same time as all of us were getting on the Facebook dot com, as it was called back then. And、uh, while working in bars,、uh, you know, throughout Austin, Austin's really known for the nightlife scene. I was working in those. I wasn't even old enough to drink yet, but I was working there. I was creating. Uh, social media profiles for these businesses, and started actually turn that into another business.、Um, and and this was you know before social media marketing tools were a thing, or even the majority of people were using social networking platforms as they were being called back then. So I was I was testing things out, and I was you know I was being called crazy a lot, but、uh, I was making money. So I'd be showing people I'm like, hey, I'm actually making a living out of this. So you know. That's not great feedback. You know, this is working. So,、um, inevitably, you know, I got through that business and、uh, and got a job at Facebook because I ended up selling off a lot of those properties to to other independent managers、um, and even back to some of the businesses themselves.、Um, and you know, that's really what got me into technology. Was working at Facebook as an early employee, which、um, really just sent me into a whole new world of. What it meant to be a part of startups, and what what you know some of the most prolific entrepreneurs in history can can do. So just being a part of that、mm-hmm. energy and that environment right out of college was very inspiring.、Mm-hmm. Uh, I spent some time at Google after that, and then、uh, you know with、uh, with probably more money than any twenty something should ever have. 
I, I went and started a, another business and this one was going to be more of a tech tech startup, but um, you know, the, the follies of being young and, uh, and thinking, you know, everything at that time, um, we learned a lot and my team learned a lot. We, I spent like every dime I had, and there was just a lot of things that we could have done better things that we just didn't do at all things that we quite frankly did wrong. And, um, and we just didn't have a, I just didn't have a support network of other entrepreneurs of mentors and community to really kind of guide you and help you avoid those pitfalls. And this was in 2013 at the time. So almost 10 years ago now, mm-hmm. um, you know, I jumped at, once that was done, I jumped back into events. I've always been I'm an event producer by trade. I, I love putting together gatherings. I'm actually here in Dallas right now. We're hosting an event for founder Institute, uh, later, later this evening. And, uh, and again, it's just something I just love doing kind of mm-hmm. runs in my family as well. Uh, if, like my mother and like have had relatives that, you know, love to put on events. They do that. They've done that professionally over their careers. So got into that, got, you know, I've always been involved with South by Southwest, you know, back when I was working in bars, just working those weeks to actually putting those events on some, sometimes throughout, uh, those years. And, um, and then it wasn't until about 2016 where I was traveling the country and uh, just looking, figuring out, I, I was thinking of even moving out of Texas at the time. And I found uh, sitting in a co-working space, you know, an event that was hosted by the Founder Institute. And I thought that was really great. You know, I, 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 I was just telling myself, I remember telling myself then listening to it in presentation on the, on the organization on, wow, I wish I had that. I wish I knew about it. Mm-hmm. You know, they had started in a classroom at Stanford in 2009. You know, currently we're in over 200 cities and 100 countries around the world, but we weren't in Texas. You know, I'd never, again, I had never heard of it. I didn't even know these programs existed that could have potentially helped me three years before. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that was hindsight when, you know, I, I didn't think too much of it. I just thought it was cool, you know, mm-hmm. and I find myself uh, on the other side of the country. It was, in, it was in San Francisco, the downtown San Francisco, that, that event. And I found myself in Boston a month later and visiting a client and lo and behold, in their local co-working space was a founder Institute event. And now, now I'm more or less kind of mad when, cause, because, because <laughs> I, and now it's everywhere that I'm going. It's like almost followed me around, but I had still never heard of it. Uh, so I spent some more time with the team that was running the Boston program. They still do, by the way. They're they're great. They're great people, good friends. And uh, it was just learning kind of really how it works. What does it mean to actually be a part of the community, even potentially leading one? But this was still 2016. I didn't think too much of it because I was still traveling a lot more, had work I was doing, and I was launching another business, an events company um, that uh, that I thought was you know going to be what I was going to be doing for a good amount of time. And I had, you know, we actually just, um, new things are happening this year. So that's transitioning out, but, uh, it wasn't until the following year, right after South by Southwest in, in 2017, like right around now, almost to the day when five years ago, where, uh, I got reconnected with the team in, in Silicon Valley. Uh, they've been kind of following me. We we're all connected on LinkedIn. So we were following each other's stuff and they approached me with the opportunity to launch the Founder Institute in Austin at the time, just only in Austin. They've been trying to get into that city for since 2012. Um, and would I be interested in helping kind of lead those efforts? So naturally I say, how can I help? Um, and it involved hosting a lot of events, which again, I think that was a reason why they, they reached out to me. You know, it was something that we do well, something I've always done well and I love to do. 
uh, but also I had a lot of ties in startups, had my own entrepreneurial experience that mm -hmm. I resonated with the organization on. And I, I had a lot of friends and colleagues that were in the startup ecosystem in Austin at the time. It's mm -hmm. since grown a lot, but I, I definitely had a small group that I, I started to build a community around. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we fast forward five years, uh, you know, I started just being just a local co-director for that very first program. Um, and now, you know, I lead all of our efforts in Texas where we have a chapter here in Dallas, as I mentioned, while I'm up here, we're in Houston as well. We all work together under this Founder Institute Texas initiative now where we've helped about 100 entrepreneurs over the last five years launch their businesses. And I know you know a few of them. I know you've met a few of them. Uh, so that's been really rewarding to watch. But also, it's not just something that was going to make a job for me. It was, you know, we're, we're creating opportunities for other people. We're connecting people with, with smart individuals, resources, and other communities that are allowing them to really turn the idea that they came to us with into a scalable, enduring company. Um, and that's been really amazing to watch. So as I mentioned, you know, over the past five years, we've helped about 100 companies launch just in Texas alone. I serve as executive director for our Texas programs. And as you mentioned a little bit earlier, you know, I, I joined our headquarters over the summer of last year as our entrepreneur in residence. So it gives me a little bit more perspective. Um, I get to, uh, in, with respect to how we operate around the world now. Mm -hmm. I get to work with um, amazing community leaders and mentors and founders from every chapter globally uh, and, and really kind of follow their journey and really start to think, how are other ecosystems developing startups? Is there things that we can apply maybe to Texas or even the regional programs that could make everything better? And of course, bringing in those brilliant people from all their parts of the world also contribute. To, to what we're doing in Texas. So uh, definitely not stopping. There's still a lot more to go, but I, I guess to, to answer that question, that's kind of where the journey began and that's where it is now. Wow, what a journey, Martin. And thank you so much for unpacking it for all of us. And I'm curious, you know, I do want to circle back for Founder Institute with, you know, there are so many exciting events coming today and this summer, but I do want to circle back to your journey. I'm curious, do you always know you're going to be entrepreneurs? Because you mentioned when you have your first business in when you were in high school, you don't you can't even drive yet. What drive that? And were you always that way? Um, maybe, maybe <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I guess I just have um, a fundamental fear of being mediocre. <laughs> Mediocrity in general. Where does it come is, from? Is terrifying. I don't know. I, I really don't know. Maybe it's just. I never wanted to do the things that everybody else did. Um, you know, when I saw opportunity, things that I could find, not only have fun doing, but get paid to do it. Um, that was something worth doing versus just, you know, being an accountant or, uh, you know, a lawyer, which all respect to my accountant and to my lawyer, but I just didn't want to do that. Right. Um, and I just didn't see any joy in it. So uh, I found joy in challenging myself, even when it might be painful. Mm -hmm. You know, it's almost in a twisted sense, just knowing that sacrifice and these things would pay off later. You know, I saw an end and the means would justify that in a way that um, would be rewarding, which would also give you experience. But inevitably, too, you could take that experience and show other people what not to do uh, and, and bring them with you on that. So um, it's a great way. It's something to think about for sure. I, again, I, I 
I didn't know what it was called, but apparently it is something that I that I've always done. So it's a little bit of little bit of nature and certainly a lot of nurture mm. along the way. Mm. Were you ever afraid, Martin? Because you are someone striking me as opportunist. You see the、mm. opportunity to be to create innovation, to be better at whatever the situation is. You jump in, you make it happen, and that might have not been exist before. And I think that is a definition of entrepreneur、mm. that you are. But were you ever afraid? Um, you know, I guess that's relative.、Uh, I mean, there's always something to be, I guess, up at night thinking about.、Uh, maybe it's not like fear, as I mentioned. Maybe it's that fear of mediocrity that that might drive me to a certain extent. But there's,、uh, I think there's just always things that you have in your mind that might be giving you worry or anxiety.、Um, that certainly can provide motivation、um, when you don't have. Too much control of it, it might be debilitating.、Mm -hmm. So, so I mean, just I mean, I'm human like anybody else. So th those things definitely can come、uh, to pass, and it's just a matter of like acknowledging it, recognizing it,、mm -hmm. and you know, doing things, actionable things, help you kind of persevere through those.、Um, but fortunately, what's great is, and you know, what we've done with like Founder Institute、mm -hmm. is we have a support network. You know,、mm -hmm. it's like doing this by yourself is. Uh, doing this by yourself is 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 hard enough.、Um, it's it's one of the, starting businesses are one of the hardest things you can do in general. And so if you're doing this alone, and you also don't have a support network of people that are giving you you know advice and guidance, and you're only hearing like you're crazy or don't do it, that's not the great the best environment to be in. And I, I've been in I've been in parts of my life where that's all I had. And these are you know from people that love me, but they just didn't get the journey、mm -hmm. um, with with You know, with a community of entrepreneurs and people that believe in startups and want to help them either through mentoring or investing or more,、um, you know, you, you get less of that. You, there are people that you can pick up the phone and talk to because、uh, they get where you're at. They've been there. You、mm -hmm. might have done that for them the week before at like three o'clock in the morning when they woke、mm -hmm. up in a cold sweat. And our founders that go through our program do that to for each other too. So、mm -hmm. um, it's more manageable. Certainly, it's.、Uh, It, I'm not saying it's easier, but you know you have people around you that can help you get through it, and that's what you need. You need community because、mm -hmm. uh, you can't build this by yourself. You can't build anything by yourself that's meaningful, in my opinion. You know, there's a quote I heard said that if you want to go fast, you go alone. You want to、mm -hmm. go further, you go together. And that relating is a great point that you mentioned about community piece. And Martin, you also mentioned earlier that you know when you were in your own journey, there's not much of a network for yourself at the time. And oftentimes,、mm -hmm. people even said you are crazy or think you are not realistic or whatever that is.、Mm -hmm. I'm curious, how do you always have the courage to stay true to who you are?、Uh, I mean, it's just、uh, I, you got some good questions today. When、uh, I knew that was going to be the case today. Now, so yes, the how do I again? It's kind of like reminding yourself, you know. Uh, almost from an affirmative basis, just telling yourself this is why, reminding yourself kind of why you did what you're doing,、um, focusing again on、um, what drives you because of that, and especially for like entrepreneurs in general, myself included, is what's the problem you're trying to solve? You got to remind yourself of like what that is and why it's、mm -hmm. meaningful, why it matters. So that's what pushes me certainly,、mm -hmm. um, and、uh, and again, you know, without. 
without this community of ours, I'm, it, it'd be a lot harder. I already know that for sure. Mm. And, uh, but what's great about the, you know, this community of ours too, is that it's not just for me, it's for everybody around us. We're all here to support each other. Mm. Um, and yeah, you're right. You know, you can definitely try and do it alone and you might go faster, but you might crash just as mm. fast too when you, cause you don't, you, you're going, yeah, you're going mm. in a, at a speed that's unmanageable and tenable. Um, not sustainable for your just general well-being as a human. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, there's certainly people that do that, uh, and there's plenty of stories about how that ends. Uh, mm -hmm. Some of those are turned into TV shows now. So <laughs> if that's what you want, you can totally do that. But it doesn't end well. None of those none of those TV shows end well for, for any of those people. Um, but yeah. Um, and Martin, you know, today a lot of founders right follow their heart and just go after start a business they always wanted. But inevitably, like you mentioned, this journey is not easy. And I'm curious, Martin, for your own experiences with three startup, three businesses, you know, what was the most challenging part when you were in it? Or what is the most, maybe um, the biggest mistake you ever made? Um, well, I think, you know, with one of them, uh, with one of my last companies, uh, it was a tech platform. It was a, basically, it was a customer relationship, like management software, CRM. Mm -hmm. um, but for for event production, and that's what we were building. Uh, but what we didn't do, or or what we should have done more, was actually just get feedback from the people that we knew were going to use it. We just didn't talk to enough people, and I see that a lot with entrepreneurs in general. Mm -hmm. And that's certainly something that we did that we didn't do well. And you know, if, if I want to be frank, we did wrong. Um, we had these basic assumptions: if you build it, they will come. But you know, what we built wasn't something that they were really going to use effectively to mm. the way we thought it. But more importantly, was it something they were going to be willing to pay for consistently? Mm -hmm. And uh, and I see that that happen for so many entrepreneurs every day now when I'm having conversations is that they just assume, like, if I need it, everybody needs it. If I think it's worth something, everybody's going to think it's worth something. They're going to give me tons of money for it. Mm -hmm. But that's not the case. You need to validate you, and you have to go back to what the problem you're trying to solve is the products are relevant quite honestly it's it's is this problem big enough for for a large enough amount of people and if so are people willing to pay money to solve that problem and if that's the case um you know what are the things that are out there that they're using and paying money for to try to solve and if that's the case too and they and those things aren't still working then that's probably the thing you should build the mm -hmm. thing that still nobody's doing well and mm -hmm. uh, and charging and charging money for people to use it, and mm -hmm. now you got yourself a business that's actually a business. It's not just mm -hmm. an idea that you think is gonna, is cool, or it's going to make you famous. You're actually solving problems for people and making a living doing it. Um, maybe not just for yourself, even maybe for a lot of people. You know, maybe mm -hmm. you're fundamentally shifting how people approach the problem, mm -hmm. or or even eliminate it altogether. Uh, and you see that, you know, with great leaps of technology in general, but in, mm -hmm. but but all but all across, you know, business, uh, you can see that happen. But at the end of the day, if you don't know the problem, if you're not dedicated to the problem and willing to learn from people who deal with that problem every day, why it is mm -hmm. the way it is, then you're, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure. Mm. I love the point, Martin. I love that you said the product the software, the app, whatever you're building is not as important compared to what problem you are solving. Yeah. And I love that you speak for the why. And I think my personal belief is what doesn't matter unless we understand there's a why. 
And I think you elaborate so well. So, you know, in, in that point, Martin, you know, how would you advise entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs to really make sure to find the mark, uh, product market fit and really testing that problem, make sure this is actually a, a valid or a sizable market to go after? What would you say to her or him? Yeah. So, so again, you know, to even get to that, that, that product market fit, you know, you have to do a lot of discovery. You have to talk to hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of people to get to that point. Mm-hmm. But you also have to know what everything else is out there trying to solve that same problem or maybe parts of the problem. Um, and I see that, that struggle a lot because you get to a point um, or you think about product market fit, you don't even really know what it means yet um, because you don't know everything that you need to know about the market itself and the problem that's that needs to be solved. Mm-hmm. So what I what I typically advise founders, and it's not something you can do on day one, it takes years to really build. If you're really passionate about the problem, that you become one of the foremost like leading experts on why it's a problem. Like I want, I and mean, what I love of like when we get a, when I get to work with entrepreneurs that are very passionate about those things, um, every time I talk to them, they're teaching me something new about why it's a problem or what people are doing, how they're behaving to the solution that they've created to solve the problem. Like mm-hmm. it's almost like I don't have children. I don't know if you have children, but like I, I always think of it uh, like if you're picking uh, like your third grader up from school and they just learned about dinosaurs and they just won't shut up about dinosaurs because they're so excited about it like that's the energy i'm looking for Mm because you're just so insanely passionate about it you just Mm -hmm. can't wait to tell everybody what you learned Mm -hmm. and why it matters and and you do that every day Mm -hmm. um so once you really kind of get into that mode it may not be for everybody but these Mm -hmm. are the this is this is kind of the personality profile that i found and identified that really shows me that they're willing to do what it Mm -hmm. takes to 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 turn something into, into, into a business that's going to be meaningful, that's worthy of getting venture capital, um, that it's a great indicator. It's a great mm-hmm. signal to me that this is somebody that's really serious and committed to, to, to doing this. And mm-hmm. um, so, you know, that's, that's something I would say is when you, as be, because you're constantly learning and asking and taking in all of this information and learning and applying it very quickly, you'll know so much more about the market it, the product, the product itself will fit exactly where it needs to be based on you becoming that expert. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's it's a very difficult thing to ask of people, uh, and it, and it takes a certain level of commitment that I think founder, you know, founder entrepreneurs, like founders that really want to start something, should commit to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's because it's, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, uh, it, it takes you know five to ten years for something to really get to. A position where it's really impactful and meaningful. I run into too many founders who may have an idea, and immediately they want like an introduction to some well-known investors so that they can become best friends and they can do the private jets and be in the movies. Like it just doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. Mm-hmm. It isn't. That's not what this world is. And I have, uh, you know, very bad news for people who think that's the case. And when they come to us and expect that, it just that's just mm-hmm. not how it works. Um, and, and if it does, and you heard those stories, those stories probably aren't true. Mm-hmm. And those people are either very privileged or very lucky, but you can't mm-hmm. apply yourself to those people. You can't compare yourself to those outlier scenarios. Mm-hmm. You have to do, um, you have to really fundamentally understand and appreciate and be committed to, mm-hmm. to the why and the who you're, you're mm-hmm. doing it for. I love that. The why and the who. You know, with that, Martin, you know, today you met entrepreneurs from all over the world. You probably have so many conversations and uh, 
the dialogue regarding entrepreneur entrepreneurship. And I'm curious, Martin, what are in your opinion, what are the biggest maybe misconception or misunderstanding about startup world that oftentimes founders don't know until they actually jump in? Is there one or two things that come to mind? Yeah, I and again early on, it's just like they they uh, I run into a lot of entrepreneurs and these if I'm like building an archetype out, these are probably more technical or product focused kind of people. They're, mm-hmm. they're, another another archetype is kind of they come from maybe like academia or some high level profession, PhDs, or they're just not in business in general, which is fine. A lot of most most entrepreneurs don't have that um, either the technical experience or even the business acumen early on. They learn it on the way. But when I do run into those kind of personality types, they um, two things. One just like I said, you know, they think it's like an overnight thing, you know, they're going to be super successful immediately. And it's like, they're, and they're famous and they get to go to all the parties and hang out with all the billionaires. And it's not like that at all. Um, but also I run into uh, a lot of those same kinds of entrepreneurs who rest too much on their IP, you know, their intellectual property. They're like, Oh, I have a patent. So now I'm going to be rich. Like that doesn't matter either. You can spend, I mean, it, it is important, especially if you're doing like hardware or some really great proprietary things, mm-hmm. it's great to have it, but mm-hmm. they, they, they hold on to it. Like it, that's the Holy grail mm-hmm. and that's, what's going to make them millions and millions of dollars. And that's not the case. It's mm-hmm. the execution of, of the process or that, or, or whatever mm-hmm. that IP really shows and up to you to really be committed to, um, show why that's that's worthy of a patent they just spend a lot of money on patents and they just think oh we have all these patents i'm going to go to investors i'm going to become a millionaire and that's just again that's just not how it works mm-hmm. so uh so in doing so they're very scared of talking about their idea to anybody and and they're mm-hmm. defeating the first rule of building a business which is gather you know feedback understand is this a problem we're solving they, they do it the opposite way they build a solution for a problem that probably doesn't exist, or if it does exist, it's probably not a problem that people are willing to pay for. So mm-hmm. they've just wasted a ton of money on that. Mm-hmm. They engage in, uh, so I'm not saying that I uh, getting your your patents is the incorrect move. It's certainly uh, a necessary thing, especially mm-hmm. if you're in hardware. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's very difficult to patent software. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and if you're scared about talking about your idea because you think people are going to steal it, then it, it tells me it's probably not a good idea or a unique idea if, say, you and me on this call right now, you tell me an idea and like you know, me, I'm going to quit my job as executive director for Founder Institute now just because you told me this and I'm going to go spend the next 60 hours a week every week for the next five years to copy it and beat you to market. That's just unrealistic, uh, and uh, and it's it's a common fallacy I see mm-hmm. that we have that I have to fundamentally break down with a lot of entrepreneurs at the very beginning, mm-hmm. um, and then the second piece is that they think again it's going to happen overnight. This is a long slog; it it can take a decade to become an overnight success. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I, I tell them that all the time, you know, <laughs> it t- uh, there's a lot of stuff that no one will ever see or appreciate mm-hmm. um, that you as a founder will have to deal with. Um, to finally have those moments of like, wow, this is why we do what we do. And mm-hmm. you know, this is what the journey has brought us to. And this is a reminder of why we do what we do. All of that mm-hmm. was, worth, was worth it. All that sacrifice was worth it. Mm-hmm. So um, another thing is like, again, the costs of doing business early on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people forget that, you know, you need to incorporate a business, you know, and, and in many cases they incorporate the business. Speaking strictly just from the United States on the legal side, mm-hmm. I'm not, not a lawyer by any means, but 
you know, if you if you're looking to start a business that inevitably will want to raise venture capital, there's certain you know legal structures and business preferred ways to incorporate your business. You should, and I'll run into entrepreneurs who think, oh, I gotta. I incorporate like a small business because I have a small business attorney and a CPA that tell me this is how I do it. But then we have to redo all of that because they got bad advice. Mm-hmm. Um, then those might be great small business attorneys and accountants, but they don't understand startups. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're already off on the wrong foot because they've engaged the wrong kind of advisors uh, for the wrong kind of company. Mm-hmm. And um, and they've already kind of shot themselves in the foot. And, and then it's very expensive to recorrect that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it can be. You know, so so it's yeah, it's a mix of those things. I know I didn't have like a definite answer, but those are patterns I normally encounter. Um, mm-hmm. That where people are kind of making the the putting the the wrong foot forward uh, right off the bat. No, thank you. The top three mistakes founder should avoid. That's really valuable. So thank you. Mm-hmm. So now, Martin, I want to circle back to you. Um, mm-hmm. Why founder institute? Why do you want to be part of this incredible network? Tell us more. Um, you know, in short, you know, I just don't want people to make, make, make the same mistakes I did, mm-hmm. you know, like I, and I, I just didn't have this community. I didn't have it. I wish I did, mm-hmm. you know, me, me to, if I could recruit me from 10 years ago to take this program, I'd even, I'd pay, I'd pay for all of his time to get to go through it. Cause I know it'd be worth it. And he mm-hmm. would do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm always looking for people like that too, mm-hmm. uh, that are going to commit who do believe in what they're trying to achieve, that, that it matters and the people that they're trying to serve need it mm-hmm. for the right reason. So, um, you know, it's also a sense of community. And that's why I do this. Uh, and, it's, and again, it's very rewarding. You know, we've had, we've had, you know, dozens of founders raise a lot of money at this point uh, around the world. We've had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds raise millions and millions of dollars, but, mm-hmm. you know, in Texas specifically founders that I've had a chance, the privilege to work with directly where they came to me with just the idea head, you know, and then in two years time, you know, they're pacing for a million dollars in revenue from something that they just had in their head. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a beautiful, it's a magical thing to watch. It's inspiring. And, you know, I just, uh, and I always knew early on, in my, uh, you know, as I was going through college and starting to build my career that I just wanted to surround myself with brilliant people mm-hmm. because the conversations are great. These are builders. Um, these are people that are creative and experienced uh, in all variety of different ways. And which always makes the conversations great, always makes the company interesting. So that that's always just been a goal is to, to try and surround yourself with brilliant people and always try to learn from those people and continue to have brilliant conversations every single hour of the day. I love that. Always about having a good time, right? Mm-hmm. And Martin, uh, Martin, I love that you uh, really want to share what you want to others. You want that network, that support, that community. And today, therefore, you are head of this incredible network to supporting entrepreneurs globally and in Texas to really build a dream business. It's amazing. And Martin, I'm curious, um, you speak about um, the past journey. I'm curious if, this is just hypothetically, if we do have a magic wand, if we can go back anytime we want, I'm curious, would you change anything in your path, given now you uh, know who you are? Well, again, you know, uh, if I if I had, if I knew this program existed 10 years ago when I was starting that company back then, I would have taken it, you know, uh, and that's the only thing that, um, I don't. I wouldn't say keeps me up at night, but it definitely makes me curious. You know, to use that word, 
uh, on what, what might have been different. Maybe we would have lasted a little bit longer. Maybe we would have raised a little bit more money. We did raise a little bit of money, but it wasn't a lot. It wasn't enough to keep us going for a sustained mm-hmm. amount of time. But we did get over that hump, which you know a lot of companies never even get that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Though, though it would have been interesting to see had we had maybe had corrected some of those early missteps or avoided those missteps altogether by spending a little bit more time validating, mm-hmm. um, understanding that problem that the customer is dealing with or the customer that we assumed was going to be paying for it was dealing with, uh, we might have been able to execute a little bit better. Uh, but outside of it, you know, if, you know, uh, a mistake's only a mistake if you don't learn from it. You know, everything mm-hmm. else just turns into a lesson. Was it was it hard to move on from those at the time challenges or mistake at the time? Oh, I mean, they're they're always going to be. You know, you know, you know, it's uh, you you have to check your ego about those. Um, but again, it's uh, time helps you. Time helps with the healing, of course, and it allows you greater reflection. You know, mm-hmm. it may feel like the worst thing in the world, and mm-hmm. for many entrepreneurs, it can feel that way if they're they make a mistake or you know if they have to shut down the business, mm-hmm. but um, it's not the end of the world by any means, uh, but also again, as as long as you're able to reflect and understand, you know what um, what those lessons that came from it are, and apply them in a way that's going to make you better, yeah. then those things were worth hap- were worth happening. You know, it allows you to grow. Um, and if you're not growing, then you know you might you you know you're not doing anything productive. In my opinion, you're not you're dying. Quite honestly, there's some self help person probably said that <laughs> if you're not growing you're dying but uh you got to be applying those things and that and that's where and failure is, is part of the game for being an entrepreneur like you're supposed to you need to fail that's the only way it's got you're ever going to learn you have to fail very quickly too and understand and apply the, that knowledge from it if you're not not failing then you're not actually pushing yourself and actually mm-hmm. taking out of your comfort zone or if anything you're probably not even getting enough feedback you need mm-hmm. feedback. You need competing ideas. You, like, uh, what I love about our organization is that I'll get very brilliant people from very different, you know, perspectives and industries working mm-hmm. with our founders, and they may offer completely opposite feedback and advice. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's up to the founder to understand why they're giving that that given that that competing feedback, and then they mm-hmm. have to take that information and apply it in the best possible way for the betterment of the business they're trying to build. Mm-hmm. But without that feedback, negative or otherwise they can't make the best informed decision. Mm-hmm. So failure is necessary. Um, and, and and listening to, to feedback or advice that may go counter to your assumptions mm-hmm. um, is, is necessary too, so that you can make the best informed decision for the sake of your company and yourself in many ways. Mm. I enjoy that. In the Martin Chinese, what is Proverbs said, life is like a little boat in a river. Um, either you're moving forward or you're moving backwards. So I love the way you said about it. Probably not like either you learn or you die. Not that dramatic, but more like yeah, yeah. move forward in your life with the learning, with other new perspective you gain from those experiences. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Amazing. So Martin, now I'm curious. Um, you have come a long way. Today, what inspired you? What made you happy? And what's next for you? Um, I mean, you know, doing this, bringing people together, you know, we, and I'm, um, I've been an event producer, you know, pretty much my whole life, as I've mentioned, again, I just love bringing people together. So starting to be able to do these again, actually seeing people like in person has been really rewarding. Again, we hosted an event in Austin a couple weeks back for the first mm-hmm. time this year. 
um, you know, it's been a very interesting two years for all of us, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so finally be able to get back out there and seeing mm-hmm. people and fostering those connections. You know, there's mm-hmm. only so much. I love these formats. I love the virtual formats. But like once we shut the laptop, we don't get to have that banter mm-hmm. or all of the serendipity connections that happen normally when you're hosting events or these mm-hmm. kind of conversations. Um, so those coming back, it's really nice. It always feels good mm-hmm. to to kind of have those and meet more people like organically because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been great. You know, looking forward, you know, there, there's just more, we have more to do. You know, mm-hmm. there's some projects I'm working on. I'm not, I'm not, we're not ready to share just yet here with Founder Institute, but I'm very excited about uh, that are going to, you know, help continue to build and grow the startups that are coming through our program in, mm-hmm. in a very meaningful way at a, at a larger and a scalable way. Mm-hmm. And uh, and also just the people I've yet to meet that are coming mm-hmm. in. You know, we're we're currently recruiting for our summer programs for Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, I always meet some brilliant people. Some people, some and a lot of these people end up becoming very close friends. Uh, you know, because they've gone, they they put themselves through this. They make themselves vulnerable. Uh, definitely push themselves out of their comfort zones because they believe in what they're trying to do and, and that it matters. And those are the people that we're that we want to surround ourselves with. We want those hungry individuals, the, the mm-hmm. ones that are that are going to do, uh, you know, what's what's not uncommon, or and uh, uh, or what is yeah, what's uncommon, and then also you know challenge that status quo, you know, mm-hmm. try to be bold. That also that also probably are terrified of mediocrity, like myself. <laughs> I love that. You know, Martin, I, I see you are such a people leader. You're such a community builder. And I think you have such a heart to uh, support just incredible people doing their amazing thing and being the liaison to helping them to dream a big, better and bigger world, which is mm-hmm. so inspiring. Yeah. Well, and I appreciate you having me on this. This has been really fun. I do have two last questions for you, Martin. Uh, one yeah. is, Martin, you know, today I'm curious, is there... What is one thing that you wish people would know about you, but oftentimes people don't? Um, actually, more shy than I come on. Really? <laughs> Probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, <clears throat> now I get it's easier for me when I'm hosting my events because I don't spend too much time with any given person. I have to go meet everybody, and I'm always just kind of running around in circles. So I always have like a set cutoff time where I'm not, you know, there doing one specific thing all the time. So uh, <clears throat> I'm more, I guess I'd be more characterized as an ambivert. So it's like somewhere in the middle, not fully extroverted, but not totally like closed mm. up. I was very shy when I was little. <clears throat> it's not that I didn't want to go hang out and talk to people. It's just I was scared about how, what was that initial engagement? How was that going to work? You know, mm. that first hello and you know, all that kind of stuff. But those, you know, those formalities in the beginning of those things. This is when I was a little boy, um, but that might be something. Yeah. Wow. Something would, you you heard here first. I would not expect that, Martin. Wow. Okay. My last question to you is, you know, Martin, today you had not only your own entrepreneur journey, but as well as supporting founder globally and Texas launching a business. What a piece of advice, one or two that you want to share with you know with them regarding the journey? Maybe yeah. one of the biggest biggest mistake or things that they can avoid. Uh, well, yeah, I, uh, I actually get to ask this question a lot on my show as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if there was one piece of advice you'd give to an entrepreneur before they even start, what would it be? Mm-hmm. Um, and the one I, I agree with the most, I agree with all of the, the advice that, that that is given on uh, from those people, from those guests. But the big one is, again, be insanely passionate about the problem you're trying to solve. 
the solution will will reveal itself to you uh but don't don't flip it around uh don't don't build a product thinking that there is a solution there for it or a problem that it's willing to solve because in many cases it's probably not going to be the case at all mm-hmm. um and you're at because you just didn't spend time actually thinking and talking to the people who deal with it right uh so so that's what i would say you know be be so passionate about the problem that you know the product will come to will, will reveal itself to you and that's just through talking to people you have to go and talk to people so don't keep it bottled up either because you're worried that people are going to steal it no one's going to steal your idea mm. uh and like and, and and if they did that means you couldn't execute and you didn't have the vision to really build the thing that you thought you could build Mm. um and and more importantly it probably wasn't an idea that was too unique if somebody could easily replicate it overnight mm-hmm. at least in in that perspective like you have to be committed to why you're doing this uh based on that problem and mm-hmm. who it's for and without be connecting directly with those people who deal with it every day mm-hmm. then you're putting yourself in a position where you're not going to build something that's going to matter it's that for for that community mm-hmm. solving that problem that needs to be solved and definitely they're not going to give you money for it either mm-hmm. so uh so that that's that's where i'd start that'd be my first piece is be obsessed, with prob- be obsessed with that problem be obsessed with your problem and your customer you know martin if our audience listening want to follow you want to support you can you share with us what where can he they find you yeah yeah so i mean i'm pretty easy to find uh when you google me you can just google my name right here and then founder institute i pop up uh, I, i'm pretty easy Um you can follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn uh Martine Martine I mean R T I N M A R T E E N on both those channels um and you can follow everything we're doing with Founder Institute by following us on those as well just find Founder Institute online and you can check us out on LinkedIn check us out on Twitter we have some sub channels for Texas as well um under Founding Texas uh but again uh I'm a pretty easy name to Google so uh if they if they do want to find me I'm not too hard to reach The one and only Martin. With that, you know, really, thank you so much, Martin, for joining thank us you. and share your story, share your journey. Wow, what a what a, what an impactful experience! And really, we truly appreciate your time. And thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in today. We hope you enjoy the show as much as I do. And I cannot wait to see you all next week. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. <laughs>